Ladies, gentlemen, geeks of all ages, you are now entering BJ Shea's Geek Nation. Welcome. Yes, welcome to BJ Shea's Geek Nation. I am the Reverend Enfuego. Across from me is Vicky Barcelona. Hello. The show's namesake, BJ Shea, is on assignment, but running the boards is Joey D's. Wednesday. <laughs> Thank you. Wow, Luigi. <laughs> oh, my goodness. On today's show, we will talk about the Black Adam cast as they have been announced, and we'll talk a little bit about the characters so you're not going in completely blind. We'll also talk about how the ranks of the Jedi work, going from youngling to Padawan to Grandmaster. And uh, yeah, even uh, the Geek Sheet with Vicky B. Vicky, how can people get a hold of us? Get a hold of us via our website, bjgeeknation.com. It's got our blogs, podcast, and more. War. Or just search BJ Shay's Geek Nation on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, YouTube, iTunes, and the Odyssey app. Odyssey with an A. Yeah, A U D A C Y. Because <laughs> we're audacious and uh, we're audio and there's other ah uh, things as well. We're an ah. Odyssey. Yeah, we're a wah. Instead of wah. <laughs> Oh, the wheels have fallen off. Let's get back on track. It is comic book day, and we'll talk a little bit about comic book movies. Uh, We usually kind of go down the the rabbit hole of the Marvel stuff, but uh, DC's still chugging along. I did enjoy Zack Snyder's Justice League. Uh, It was very long, but at that same point along the lines, I think it needed to be to kind of get the story out there. So I really actually did enjoy it. And getting on with that, uh, we still have Black Adam. I don't know necessarily when it is coming out or even if it's filming yet. Uh, well, but we know it, The Rock is training for it if you've kept up with oh, his Instagram. Yeah, yeah. But that, when is he not training? Right, and that's the thing, too, man. I remember seeing him back in the day when he was uh, just, a, just, <laughs> just a wrestler, and he didn't look like the, I don't know, like, over, like, he just looks like somebody took a, a like, uh, uh, an inflatable, like, action figure and then pumped it up to the max. And it was like, it's getting ready to explode, and it's just all of his muscles. He's the D&D equivalent of pumping all your stats into strength. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. But yet, somehow, like, all of his other stats, there's no dump stat. No. Like, he's just like, like, his charisma's an 18, his strength is like... I don't know, like a 20 or whatever the highest thing you can have at Just it. Just the infinite sign. Yeah, right. Oh, perfect. Exactly. Uh, but they did announce some of the other uh, actors that are going to be in this. So I kind of wanted to go through some of the characters so you know a little bit about these characters. And I don't know necessarily if this is going to be what the characters are in the movie because we're going to have to see what their take is. But this is a little bit of a rundown of some of those characters of how they were in the DC universe and the comic book universe. Um, the first character on this is uh, the actor is Aldous Hodge, who's playing Hawkman. Uh, okay. if, and if you don't know about Hawkman, actually, uh, I went up to DCComics.com and they have their characters there. And it says, no DC superhero has lived as many lives as Hawkman. Yet through each of them, he has sought justice for humanity and happiness for his beloved Hawk girl. Uh, since the days of World War II, there has always been an imposing figure with majestic wings and a striking bird-shaped helmet, brandishing ancient weaponry and standing alongside Earth's greatest heroes in its time of need. A fierce warrior without equal, the hero known as Hawkman has been a human being trapped in an ancient Egyptian curse of endless death and rebirth, and at other times an alien police officer sent to Earth to help defend it. Sometimes he's even been a combination of both. 
I would have to say uh, just by that description and the fact that Black Adam is, I think Black Adam is an alien. So when it kind of comes down to all of that, uh, it would make sense that maybe uh, uh, the Hawkman in this will be more along the lines of a space police officer. So Hawkman's not half Hawk? Uh, no. No, but no. he just has the uh, the hawk head. Think of like when you see a uh, like the old ancient Egyptian stuff, where it's like you know they have like the jackal head mm-hmm. or some of the other animal heads for um, their their gods. Oh, that always freaks me out. <laughs> so yeah, so that's where we're going to be seeing with Hawkman. That is kind of an interesting take on that. I'll, I'll see how that works out. Uh, the next character on this is Noah Centineo. Who is playing Adam Smasher? Now, wait, Adam or Atom? Atom. Okay, okay. Like, yeah, 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 yeah. You're right. Exactly. You know. So it's like Black Adam Smasher. No, that'd be. I was confusing. like, Adam Smasher's got to be his arch rival. <laughs> it's funny because he's going to be playing a character named Prince Adam, aka He Man, as well in Masters of the Universe. Really? Yeah. Oh, funny. Well, this Adam Smasher is Albert Rothstein. He is obviously a fictional superhero in the DC Comics universe. He's known for his power of growth and super strength, which makes sense. If he can smash atoms, he has to be pretty strong at it, right? Um, he did make his first live-action appearance on the second season of The Flash, played by Adam Copeland. We don't know necessarily the story that'll be between, like, if there's going to be any similarities when it comes down to it, just because, well, I mean... When you see the CW shows, there is usually a difference between the movies and mm-hmm. the CW shows. So we'll have to see where it goes with that. Next up on this list is Quintessa Swindell as Cyclone. She apparently is a hidden gem from DC's comic book history. I got this information from The Hollywood Reporter. And it looks like she'll be uh, a member of the Justice Society who comes with an impressive history. Uh, she's actually a relatively recent uh, addition to the DC library with uh, when uh, Maxine Hunkel introduced the 2007's Justice Society of America number one. As her name suggests, she is a superhero with wind powers and the ability to create tornadoes, air blasts, and use both to project herself in the air. Apparently, she, since she's only existed over a decade in the DC comic book mythology, she really hasn't appeared since the publisher's DC Rebirth in 2016. Uh, outside of a cameo in Doomsday Clock, she has two immediate predecessors. The first version of, Mac, of Maxine Hunkel to appear in the comics debuted in 96's Kingdom Come as the Red Tornado. And then... Uh, Yes, and then the uh, the one that we have now as well. So we'll have to see where they go with it. It seems like a character. It almost reminds me a little bit about uh, Negasonic Teenage Warhead, <laughs> where they have a character that is not really used that much or hasn't been used in a while, so they kind of have a little bit of a playground to play with. And obviously when Cyclone comes with the powers, the power seems pretty easy to just have out there with it. Creating tornadoes is a very powerful superhero Mm -hmm. Exactly, yeah, right? And I mean, it looks like these guys are going to be some very, very powerful superheroes, including... Uh, you may remember a man from uh, the 007 Days, Mr. Pierce Brosnan. Nice. He's going to be playing Dr. Fate. And I don't know anything about Dr. Fate. There's a bunch of different ones because, uh, obviously, they've had some different characters with it. Um, Dr. Fate is a legacy of heroes in the realm of magic who act as agents of the Lords of Order in a battle against chaos. uh, Using the powerful amulet of Anubis, Cloak of Destiny, and Helmet of Fate. So... 
Again, this is going to revolve a lot around Egyptian mythology. I don't know exactly where Black Adam falls in with that, and I would love to get some information from that from our Geek Nationals if you want to do that deep dive into it. And let us know if you know more about Black Adam. I know that Rock when the whole Shazam thing, because he is a... Uh, I don't want to say necessarily an enemy of Shazam, but they have had their clashes. Counter, they're not counterpart either. But did you see the new casting for Shazam? No. For the second movie, Lucy Liu is cast to be the villain. Really? Mm-hmm. Interesting. I do love me some Lucy Liu. Yeah, that'll be fun to see her because I haven't really seen her in anything recently. She so. was in that weird Sherlock Watson sh- like show where it's based in nowadays times and she was oh, Watson. Oh, that's right. Yeah. That's the last thing I remember and that was a few years ago. So it'll be, it'll be fun to kind of see all the different characters and as they're going with it. Dr. Fate really does remind me a lot of uh, Dr. Strange, not just because of the name. But when you're talking about like magic, dealing with all those things, Pierce Brosnan kind of looks like Benedict Cumberbatch. And I don't want to necessarily draw any like Marvel DC parallels, but that's kind of where my brain went when it came down to it. Hmm. Uh, I know that nobody asked for it, but I love finding all of the weird things about Star Wars. Now, I know nobody asked for this, but to be perfectly honest, I love talking about Star Wars. I love talking about the Jedi. And maybe some people out there uh, want to kind of maybe well actually you when it comes down to knowing about Star Wars. I've had that happen to me because I felt that I'm pretty versed in the Star Wars canon. And then yet, if you don't call it the forest moon of Endor, uh, people will get very pissed about you. The Ewoks did not fight on Endor. It's the forest moon of Endor. See, I just learned something right here. Look at you. And so I decided to find an article from Comic Book Resources about every Jedi rank in canon explained. So this isn't the legacy ones, which may be uh, more uh, more encompassing when it comes down to it. So we're not dealing with a lot of the books or the expanded universe or anything. This is the new stuff that is really canon with all of the movies, uh, with the comic books that have been with uh, the, the new release of all of it. So it's probably the titles you've heard of. Yes, exactly. So the first ones we have are the Jedi Initiate, or the Younglings, which are the little kiddos. Um, they were first discovered by the Jedi Order through a, uh, through a midichlorian blood test, which we saw in The Phantom Menace, and that's where we found Anakin, which allowed them to identify Force-sensitive infants throughout the galaxy. The identity and the location of these younglings were historically kept within a kyber crystal that was only accessible via holocron, which I remember in the Clone Wars animated series, that was a whole thing. They were trying to find a couple of the uh, 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 youngling Jedis. To, to kill because the mercenaries wanted to go and assassinate them and it was in the kyber crystal that was stolen. It was a really really fun arc actually. I mean for all of the kind of doom and gloom I'm talking about it was a good arc. Um, so yeah, uh, after the infants were confirmed as force sensitive, many were brought to the Jedi Temple on Coruscant where they began their training and even when you saw that with uh, Anakin, he was Essentially, when he went for his training, they were like, well, you're too old to be doing that because usually they brought them as babies in order to do the training. Yeah, I can't imagine starting school when I was three, but you know what? Hey, they do it for the Jedi, so apparently it works. Yeah, exactly. Uh, Initiates were separated across ten clans filled with 20 students each where they lived, trained, and studied together as a unit. During during their training, younglings learned basic lightsaber combat with low-energy practice sabers and elementary-level force powers. Their skills ultimately culminated in a ritual known as the Gathering, where younglings constructed their own lightsaber using the force 
Force and initiate, uh, initiate trials, a series of tests that allow younglings to become Padawans under one instructor. Jedi Grandmaster Yoda taught younglings clans for centuries, while Terra Sanube and Huang, uh, Huyang also served as the children's mentors. Next up, because we just mentioned it, was the Padawan. Padawans are usually selected by a Jedi Master or a Knight before their teenage years and remain in that role for years, usually into young adulthood. During this part of their training, they are often sent on missions with their Masters for one-on-one -on -one lessons. Padawans usually were typically known for growing and wearing a rat tail braid to signify their rank, which was one uh, which is the case with Obi-Wan and Anakin Skywalker in the movies. Oh, that's cool. I do remember that. Thinking, yeah. That's an interesting hairstyle. By the time of the Clone Wars, the Jedi Council began to assign Padawans to their masters while Republic, while the Republic gave them leadership roles to lead clone troopers. Only one Padawan could be trained by a single master according to the Jedi Code. And that kind of leads along the lines of the Sith, sort of the one and two on that. Uh, before attaining the rank of Jedi Knight, Padawans usually had to undergo the nine steps of the Jedi Trials. Teamwork, isolation, fear, anger, betrayal, focus, instinct, forgiveness, and protection. Damn. Yeah. Uh, before we could even get to the uh, next step on that, the Jedi Knights, we had the Jedi Service Corps. Not all younglings and Padawans passed their trials, and many returned to their homeworld after failing. However, those who wanted to remain on the Jedi Order were sent to the Council of Reassignment, which placed them into the Service Corps. Unlike traditional Jedi, Service Corps members did not get to wield lightsabers, but did play integral roles in other Jedi Council functions. In Legends, many Jedi Consulars transitioned into different roles within the Service Service Corps, such as Jedi Healers under the Medical Corps branch and Jedi Researchers under the Exploration or Educational Corps. So even if you didn't pass those trials, if you still wanted to be a part of the group, you may you weren't going to become a knight, but at least you could still help out. That's cool, and almost like an ambassador to different planets as well. Yeah, exactly. It's definitely along those lines. Um, but if you did pass those trials, that meant you were a Jedi Knight. Hooray! You've done it! Uh, they were full-fledged members of the Jedi Order and arguably the most well-known members of the organization throughout the galaxy. They were the galaxy's peacekeepers, and the Jedi Knights were often sent on missions to restore order across the Galactic Republic. Whether or not they accomplished those missions is a story altogether. Uh, Jedi Knights were no longer attached to a master. However, they could select their Padawans or choose to collaborate with other Jedi on peacekeeping missions. Many Jedi Knights served as generals during the Clone Wars and were virtually eradicated following the execution of Order 66. Womp womp. Yep. Jedi Knights also wished to attain the rank of master, usually had to train a Padawan and, helpfully successfully, and help them successfully complete their Jedi training. Trials. I actually like this. It's very well thought out. Yeah, no, and it's like you need a hierarchy for something like this, especially when you're dealing with essentially what is a religious order. Uh, with Jedi Master, it is the highest rank of the Jedi Order. Masters were often held in the key leadership roles, serving as integral mentors or on the Jedi High Council. As the most devout and skilled members of the Jedi Order, Masters were essential in keeping the balance of the Force. Although Jedi Masters were the most esteemed members of the Jedi Order, their selection wasn't exclusively based on raw power or strength of the Force, which we saw when they would never allow uh, Anakin to ascend to that level, but rather their ability to solve a problem with unique insight. Jedi Masters often taught youngling clans while knights or other masters would lead more specialized training for the young learners. And then finally, we have the Jedi Grandmaster. 
Now, this rank was bestowed upon the oldest and wisest member of the Jedi High Council, who often served as the public face of the organization and the leader of the Jedi Order. The most prominent Grandmaster, obviously, is Yoda, who served as Master for nearly 800 years, training over 20,000 Jedi in the process. After the near collapse of the Jedi Order following the Great Jedi Purge, Yoda was one of the few Jedi who survived and was fundamental in reestablishing the Order by training Luke Skywalker and I believe it was the Empire Strikes Back. Uh, Besides Yoda, the two best well-known Grandmasters were Prate Vetter and Laru, each served as the Order's leader for an unknown period of time. And there's plenty of other non-canon ranks which came across with the Legends, but I mean, all of those it's like if you want to believe, check all of those out, you can read all about them because it's it's a lot of stuff going on with that. You know, funny you mentioned Star Wars in general. I just recently saw a meme that explained to me why uh, Darth Maul was able to kill Qui-Gon Jinn. Really? In episode one. Yeah, I had never realized this before. It's because Darth Maul is so angry that Qui-Gon Jinn saved Jar Jar Binks. That's the whole reason he was able to kill him in the fight. All right, all right. You settled down over there. Wait, what? Yeah, yeah, mm, <laughs> bringing up Jar Jar in this look. All right, well, Misa uh, not going to make another movie. Yeah, well, well Misa not going to be talking about any Star Wars anymore because <laughs> now it is time to get to the Geek Sheet with Vicky B. Vicky, what's going on? So in the last Geek Sheet, I kind of talked about it real quick at the very last second of uh, the Young Avengers and how we've already kind of seen somebody, and it was a lot, uh, Isaiah. Bradley, who was like uh, the second Steve, if you will, but he instead of getting all this honor oh, and glory right. was imprisoned okay. for thirty years and was tested on and all these things. Right? For some reason, I thought you were talking about uh, uh, like a son of John Walker. Uh, no. So I was like kind of confused. I was like, oh wait, and then yeah, Isaiah. That's Isaiah. absolutely right. Yes. Uh, so in the show so far, and I'm not talking about the last episode because we're not talking about that yet. Nope. But I think this was second or third episode. We saw uh, Isaiah Bradley and his grandson opened the door. And if you look at the credits, it says that his name is uh, Elijah Bradley. Elijah Bradley in the comics is a young Avengers. I think he's known as like young Patriot or something like that. Oh. And or that, just Patriot. Just Patriot. And it could have been just a fun Easter egg or the way that Marvel kind of works everything. You realize that it was probably on purpose so they can at least plant that seed, that hope. It could be a red herring. They do a lot of that with things, or it could lead into something for phase, I don't know, 23 down the line. We don't even know at this point. So here, for those who don't know who the Young Avengers are, we've already seen a couple of them on screen recently. Being Wiccan and Speed. That's right. Those are Wanda and Vision's children. So from the way it worked out, because she manifested these children, and from what I read in the comics, uh, basically those spirits or whatever get transported and like implanted into somebody else so they are born from other parents and grow up and then they realize who they are it's weird because it's magic I yeah it, ma- magic makes everything confusing right joey's eyes just went <laughs> i like, heard they were born but not born but their spirits involved now i got right, you know, they, i'll go with it they grow up wiccan and speed obviously speed has uh the uncle's powers mm-hmm. uh quicksilver's powers and wiccan has more of his mom's powers um, so those two are members of the Young Avengers, as, wa- as well as uh, Joaquin Torres, who may also join the gang as he later becomes the successor to Falcon. 
But from what I kind of understood from watching TikTok, um, what is it, Straw Hat? Yeah. Uh, he was mentioning that he actually didn't have biomechanic wings. He actually had some sort of wing situation, which could happen because the serum can... Well, and we don't stuff going on. Who knows? Exactly. We don't really necessarily know how they're going to incorporate mutants. It's going to happen eventually Mm -hmm. because we're going to be getting the X-Men. You just you have to expect it at this point in time. So we don't know what's going to happen with all of those different uh, mutant type characters that have things beyond just technology, because literally up until we had Doctor Strange. Every Marvel hero in the MCU was based in technology. And it was all basically because uh, Stark. Like, Tony basically just brought about the whole first 10 years of it due to him coming out and saying he's Iron Man. Um, with Phase 4, we see uh, the the uh, the I am Iron Man moment being more along the line of he is Spider-Man. And we don't know how that's going to be taking anything. Um, but we're going definitely going into the multiverse and magic, keeping the tech, but opening up the world even further. Uh, we do know that we have a Hawkeye show coming out supposedly this year. No real date as of yet. Um, and it's going to follow Hawkeye, but it's going to center around the young Avenger, Kate Bishop, who took on the role after the original Avenger, Clint Barton. And I did some research. It looks like he's not actually her father. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I uh, mistook that. So uh, thank you very much, Corrections Department. Uh, But uh, (laughs) I don't want to say a whole lot about it because there is a character I just looked on IMDb uh, that is appearing in the show that we have we will will or have seen somewhere else. Oh, yeah, don't say anything. I'm keep it, keep it, it secret. It'll be fun. But if you really want to go to go to IMDb's yeah, Hawkeye. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's spoilers uh, everywhere. So. But yeah, Kate Bishop does become Hawkeye, and she was also in the Young Avengers. Uh, I did find this article saying uh, 10 Young Avengers that the MCU needs to introduce by the end of Phase 4, and this could happen. Like I was just looking at number six. Mm-hmm. Uh, f- no, excuse me. Number four is Miles Morales as Spider-Man. Yes. And we do know that the whole uh, everything's going to blow up and get all crazy in a little while so do and i don't know this is probably just a surprising you on the question and maybe some of the geek nationals out there can respond but is into the spider-verse kind of considered like a part of it all now like i don't know how no not that i know of like uh if it's technically you know canon right however i mean it's a different universe but if we remember in the very first spider-man movie we see portrayed uh i'm blanking on his name it's like aaron davis who was played by he was uh uh what is it calrissian he was uh lando lando bj always says oh i'm rando calrissian so i keep thinking his name is rando (laughs) oh 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 uh donald glover donald glover played a character named aaron davis davis he is the uncle of miles morales and the Uh... reason why they had uh donald glover do that is because he voiced miles morales i think in an animated series so I think that was that little Easter egg there. So as far as we know, a Miles Morales, even if he's a child, exists in the Spider-Man universe with Tom Holland. Oh, and to answer your question, Rev, Into the Spider-Verse was made by Sony, so apparently it is not canon in the MCU. Okay, yeah, but I'm hoping that because of the uh, uh, because of the everything. multiverse <laughs> and because of everything, how they're going to crack that open. I really hope that Fox, Sony, and well, I mean not Fox anymore because you know it's all gra- uh, wrapped in there. But just the fact that Sony is still doing like their 
where uh, uh, the Venoms uh, with Carnage and like kind of all the baddies of mm-hmm. Spider-Man without having Spider-Man in there, that they're going to be able to bring everything in and then at that point also be including uh, the end of the Spider-Verse. <laughs> but again, yeah, like I don't know for sure. And yeah, Can we also bring Spider-Pig in as well? No. Spider- Why not? Because I don't like Spider-Pig. Just- and first off, it's Spider-Ham. Spider Pig was from The Simpsons, Simpsons, and he was also known as Harry Plopper. Uh, uh, the multiverse can have everything. Uh, <laughs> Spider Ham, though, throws me off because it's John Mulaney. And all I hear when I hear John Mulaney speak is... I was on a bench. No, actually, because my first introduction to him, funny enough, was Big Mouth. Oh, wow. Yeah, so he's Andrew. So whenever he talks, I just <laughs> picture him saying the filthiest of things as Andrew Glauberman. That is so funny. Like, if you don't know who John Mulaney is, he is a fantastic comic. He's done some stuff with uh, Nick Kroll. If, mm-hmm. you, if you've if you ever seen the bits on the Kroll show called Too Much Tuna, he plays one of the uh, <laughs> he plays one of the old dudes, mm-hmm. and they did a whole Broadway show on it. The man is fantastic. His stand-up yeah. is great. And he's got a very unique voice. Oh, yeah, he's very New York. And mm-hmm. he has a show where he just went around trolling people that was all it was it was a yeah (laughs) he he looks like a wholesome man and then when i hear him say certain things i'm like oh my (laughs) (laughs) what if his ones where he he put like a note on top of a hike where with with a mailbox and just said go up there and see what the note says and it would be like nothing and they'd come (laughs) back and he'd be like so what'd you think and they're like i don't know i didn't find anything he goes yeah yeah. <laughs> Did you get some exercise? Uh, another one we'd love to see is Kamala Khan as Miss Marvel. We do have a Miss Marvel show debuting sometime in 2021. So that sounds a reason they'll have that, yeah. Um, she's going to be appearing as well in Captain Marvel 2, which is set to release in 2022. So she's got a lot of uh, appearances, so it'd be pretty awesome to see her a part of a Young Avengers team. Mm-hmm. Same with Loki uh, Laufason. I can't pronounce it, but it's Kid Loki, basically. Oh, <laughs> BB Loki. There's a so, Kid Loki? Mm-hmm. Yeah, sure, why not? There's a female Loki. There's so many Lokis. There's so, a lot of Lokis. I mean, we have the upcoming Loki show that looks awesome. And it also is going to be dealing with the uh, the uh, uh, time variance uh, group of mm-hmm. people who are trying to like keep the timeline straight, which means anything can happen because the reason the whole story for Loki is happening is because mm-hmm. he grabbed the Tesseract and poofed out of there in the middle of like the whole Avengers Endgame mm-hmm. like timey wimey weirdness. Okay, we know I don't like timey wimey, but I have a question. Is this just mostly the police are gonna like correct things? That's what they're saying. That's what they're alluding to. Yeah. That Loki has to kind of go there and fix timeline issues that have sprung up, <gasps> whether or not it's dependent on what happened with the Infinity Stones, because they tried to return those to the correct times. Um, but it's stuff like Loki poofing and kind of screwing everything up, mm-hmm. making everything worse. Like, He's got to fix some of those things, but they're getting him to fix even more. What if when he poofed, they didn't go and get their shawarma, and that set off a whole series of butterfly events? That makes sense. Right? Wait, 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 so he's a time cop now? Kind I think, of? I, he's a prisoner, and I think he's being a time cop to, like, It's kind of like Suicide sentence. Squad for time cops. Yeah. Oh, this sounds awesome. Yeah. Oh, oh dude, God. yeah. Go watch the trailer. <laughs> it's great. Owen Wilson's in it, and just what they're trying to do, because essentially, he's going to be, like, he's a master of disguise, master of, like, just uh, all of those different mm-hmm. things. So he's kind of like, yeah, spy, time cop, suicide squad, because they're just, well, we're going to send you off to do these things, and, uh, well. It's Loki know, being Loki. Die. Yeah. Uh, but Kid Loki, what ends up happening is that uh, in his adult form, he's actually he's done some horrible things. So he was sent back into his own reincarnated child body. So it is his body as little Kid Loki. He just gets reincarnated into him. And Thor tried to train him to be good, but Loki's inherent self usually ends up coming 
through at some point. But he ends up joining the Young Avengers in the comics. So I think it'd be really, really funny to find somebody play young Loki. <laughs> uh, but we have uh, Teddy Altman as Hulkling, which is like a another version of the Hulk. But I feel like with She-Hulk and stuff, that might be a little too much at the moment. But he's a combination. Uh, yeah. He may be a genetic combination of Scroll and Kree, thus making him capable of shape-shifting. He also becomes Hulkling, and he's also married to Wiccan in the comics, and that's... That's also why he's in the Young Avengers. And it would sort of kind of make sense because they've already been alluding to the Kree and the scroll. Mm -hmm. So it stands to reason that they would maybe do a Romeo and Juliet-esque story when Mm -hmm. it comes down to that. But I feel something like that's going to be further down the line. And they kind of tried doing a little bit, I think, in The Runaways, but it was a little tricky with everything going on. But I'll post the rest of this uh, on our Facebook page for you to check out because we also got America Chavez. I think it would be awesome to introduce a Latina. She's very interesting, too. I only know her from the Marvel Strike Force game, but apparently mm-hmm. she she punches portals. Oh, like, awesome. she creates portals by punching them, like, into creation. America. Right? <laughs> F yeah. Well, until next time, guys, stay nerdy. <laughs>